You are listening to the teaching ministry of Valor Christian Center's Pastors Scott and Tina Witwam. Go with me to 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 through 2. We've been talking about uh, this season of politics, and this will be the last lesson that I'm teaching on it as election, the election is on Tuesday. And today, part 7, I'm going to be talking about education and the role education plays uh, with regards to the church and this election. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 through 2, it says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisies, having their own consciences seared with a hot iron. Father, we thank you for the spirit of truth. We thank you, Father, that you have called us to be close to, called us to be part of your word, that your word should guide and guard every step, every decision we make, the, the institutions of our life. And we thank you, Father, today as we open your word that, that we will do our part to stay true to sound doctrine, and we ask, Holy Spirit, that you bring divine revelation to us, and we'll be, get, we'll be sure to give you all the praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So, um, we're going to be talking about biblical and historical topics again today, and again, some of these things might offend some. It might be things that hit very close and personal to home, things that maybe you thought were off limits for the church. We may talk about things um, that are in generalities on various topics today, and I understand that there may be some exceptions, one-offs and the like, uh, that can be pointed to. However, I'm going to be addressing history and biblical truth, and it'll cover probably 99.9% of the topic, but we'll do it in love. Amen? Amen. So I want to start with a quote this morning from... Pastor Steve Riggle, the president of Grace International, when he sent out to the pastors and said, this upcoming election is not really about two men. It's about two dynamic, diametrically opposed ideologies. One will prevail on election day. I believe this election will decide the future of our nation. And it says, I trust your speaking and leading those who follow you to vote a biblical worldview, life, marriage, and the nuclear family. And God welcomed again into the public Square, And we've done that. We've talked about fear and the fear that, that this nation was placed under with this Wuhan flu. We've talked about the two different ideologies, a biblical worldview and a secular worldview. We've talked about God and government. We've talked about um, this Wuhan flu COVID thing that has now become a political topic. One of the parties, that's all they're talking about at every, every, every step and every stop they go to. We've talked about the sanctity of human life. We've talked about religious liberty economic freedom, and racial equality. Today we're going to talk about uh, education. And I do want to give a final thanks to historian David Barton and his American Heritage series as I've drawn from that on several of the topics that we've talked about because he is a leading expert on the issue as he has probably one of the largest private collections of founding historical documents on United States of America. So let's talk about education. Proverbs 22, 6, very familiar scripture says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. See, sound education is the basis of any lasting society. 
That's why God was very clear that it's important that we train up our children, that we train up our young people. When somebody gets born again and comes into the kingdom of God, it's important that we train them up in the word of God because at that point they are a spiritual child. It's important that we, that we teach our future generations. Here's a quote from Noah Webster. He said, in my view, the Christian religion is the most important and one of the first things in which all children under a free government ought to be instructed. In the Webster's Dictionary, Noah Webster defined education as the bringing up as of a child, instruction, formation of manners, education, comprehend all the series of instructions and discipline which is intended to enlighten the understanding, correct the temper, and form the manners and habits of youth, and to fit them for usefulness in their future stations. To give children a good education in manners, arts, and science is important. To give them a religious education is indispensable. And an immersed responsibility rests on parents and guardians who neglect these duties. Since 1962, when the government-funded education ties were broken with the church, when government removed the Ten Commandments, removed prayer, removed religion, removed morality, and removed God there has been great decline in our education systems. What happened in 1962? The United States Supreme Court ruled that education must be purely secular in nature. The case was Engel versus Vital. In 1962, nearly 200 years after the founding of this country, in which we just heard one of the founding fathers, Noah Webster, who wrote the dictionary that was the, the dictionary that was used for at least 150 years for the definition of English words, stated that Christianity, that the Bible was an important basis for any education. And yet in 1962, the Supreme Court justice found some way to justify removing Christianity from modern education. Since that time, college scores have plummeted. In international math and science competitions, American students finish last, near last, or at least in the bottom half. The longer American students stay in school, the less they seem to know. What they showed in a study is that, that early educated students, K through like four, are in the top 80 to 90% when it comes to um, to competition on the international stage. By the time they get to be in their mid-teens, junior high, they have dropped to the middle. And by the time they graduate high school, they have become now close to 121st in literacy in the world. And that's according to the World Atlas. So the longer American students stay in school, the less they seem to know. Among recent high school graduates, nearly 700,000 couldn't even read the words on their graduation certificates. It's a shame. But I believe that it's intentional. 
This is one of the leading causes or one of the leading things that is causing the rise in the demand for school choice. Public schools are becoming more racially segregated today than they even were in the 1960s and 70s. Think about that. Current public policy, and, and you just see it. I mean, just look at the, the, the peaceful protests, how racially charged they are. I saw a reporter who had gone to uh, uh, one of these protests as a news reporter, and he was attacked while other people of, uh, of color who were reporters there were not simply because of that. And I'm going to tell you that there are many people of color that have been brutally attacked simply because of their color and not because of their character or their beliefs. We have, again, returned to a very sociologically or society-charged environment when it comes to racial politics. And we talked a lot about that last week. The only thing that's going to penetrate this decline or this direction of the segregation is a transformation of the human heart. That's the only thing that will change it. It can only come through the power of the Holy Spirit of God. It's the only thing powerful enough to do. You know, I wasn't going to read this originally, but, but I'm going to. Eric, you don't have, have this because this has been very public in this election. It wasn't only brought up in the current election cycle, but it was brought up in the primary cycle. And it's this. It, I'll just read what I wrote here. It's been made very public that in the past, Senator Joe Biden opposed busing changes to desegregate schools. His quote is, unless we do something about this, my children are going to grow up in a jungle. The jungle being a racial jungle with tensions having built so high that it's going to explode at some point. Well, that's true because that's what the educational policies have brought us to. But it's this kind of attitude, the attitude that, that the way to keep my children safe is to not expose them to other thoughts, to other cultures, to other ethnoses, because they don't have the capability uh, of... Uh, developing and understanding, you know, it's interesting. You take, you know, we talked a little bit about this. You take a red, a white, a yellow, a black, I don't care what color kid they are, and just throw them in a room when they're three years old. And they get along just perfectly. Why? Because nobody has trained them to not like somebody based on the color of their skin or their beliefs. No, it takes people... Much more intelligent to do that. Go with me to Colossians chapter 2. I'm going to read verses 8 and 9. We are going to, I am going to read a lot of quotes today. And then we'll, obviously with some scripture too. So, in Colossians 2, 8 and 9, it says, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. The decision in 1962 by the Supreme Court did just that. It said our kids are only subject to the secular philosophies and, and the empty deceitful teachings and the traditions of men. 
but we're going to keep all the knowledge of the Godhead away from our kids. But what are the founding roots of American education's system? America has gone from number one in literacy to number 121. That's a tragic statistic. The founding fathers put a lot of time and effort into the educational systems. The founders started more universities in 10 years after forming the Constitution than had been started in the, the previous 150 years in America. The founders wanted their children to understand the principles that established this nation. In Deuteronomy 11, 18 and 19, it says, Therefore you shall lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul and bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as uh, frontlets between your eyes. You shall teach them to your children, speaking of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. See, in the second law, Moses said, look, we need to teach the principles of God. We need to teach the principles of the covenant. They need to understand the law of God. For from that law springs all of the fingers from morality. Without it, there is none. There is only subject morality. Because if you don't have a basis of truth, then you can justify any action. You can justify any motive. Because there is no absolute. Education with the wrong philosophy or viewpoint will not build a lasting republic as you will destroy yourself from within. And we are, seeing the, we are seeing that happening in our society. We are beginning to destroy ourselves from within because we have not based our, our education, our philosophy upon the principles of God. There, it is the only strong tower for which man can rely on. This is a quote from Benjamin Rush. And... He says, the two most important people in ensuring literacy were mothers and school teachers. See, he understood that, that in the system that God desired, that, that, that those who were nurturing the young children would have the ability to convey to their children, to teach their children these very principles. Now, in a society that has turned into uh, requiring two members of a household to both be fully employed, and we rely and need to rely on daycares in order to support the family and their finances. You know, things have changed, but, but what is lost is this early childhood development. And I'm not saying it has to be the mother in our society. It certainly can be a father. I mean, you and your family have to choose who's going to be the breadwinner. But we, we have gotten so, uh, so, so great of a lust of other things, as it says in the Gospels, that we have forgotten the most important things. And that is the legacy of our children. Bigger houses, more cars, more trips, vacations, 
All of those kind of things have become more important than the fundamentals of life. The first law on the federal education was adopted in 1789, August 7th, 1789, and it was signed by President George Washington. The three things the bill said, now this is the actual bill voted on by Congress and signed by the President of the United States. This bill, the three things it said needed to be taught, number one thing that needed to be taught was religion. That's what this bill in 1789 said. It said the number one thing in education that needs to be taught is religion. The second thing that needs to be taught is morality. And the third thing that needs to be taught is knowledge. Well, what has is, what is secular humanism done? Secular humanism has gotten rid of religion completely, removed it from the educational, the public educational square, said we can't teach religion. We've got to separate religious beliefs from the education we got to separate the church from the classroom. And since we've gotten rid of religion, we have no basis for morality. So now we have undefined morality. And so it's okay to cheat off somebody's test. Why? Because they grew up in a, a, a better financial situation than I did. So therefore, I copied off their test because life has been unfair to me. But it's justified. The one thing that, that we still seem to want is knowledge, but the basis of knowledge is not God's fundamental truths. It's based upon secular humanism, based upon science. And I keep hearing people say, well, all the science says. No, all the science doesn't say. All the science never should say, because true science is the exploration of truth, and it should always be challenged. And I can tell you every time somebody says, well, the science is settled, all they're trying to do is shut you up. Because I can tell you on this global warming, this global cooling, this global climate change, they don't even know what to call it because they keep being wrong every time they name it something. It is not settled by any stretch of the imagination. This quote from George Washington of all the dispositions and habits which lead to political prosperity, religion and morality are indispensable supports. In vain would that man claim the tribute of patriotism, who should labor to subvert these great pillars of human happiness, these firmness props of the duties of men and citizens. And that's exactly what secular humanism has tried to do. In 2 Timothy 3.16, I want to read from the Amplified Version of the Bible. It says, every scripture is God-breathed. It's given by His inspiration. And it's profitable for instruction, for reproof, for conviction of sin, for correction of error and discipline and obedience, and for the training in righteousness, in holy living, in conformity to God's will, in, in thought, purpose, and action. It is the only thing that can do that. Fisher Ames, who was considered the author of the First Amendment, supported the Bible in public education. In this quote, he says, why should not the Bible regain the place it once held as our school book? Its morals are pure, its examples captivating and noble. The 
reverence for the sacred book that is thus early impressed lasts long, and probably, if not impressed, in infancy never takes firm hold of the mind. More kids, more people come to a saving knowledge of Christ before they're 18 than do afterwards. Why? Because they're still at a place where they can make real choices, understand things before they've been taught that, that they can't accomplish things and that the, the world doesn't like them and that, that, that God is just a myth. You know, that's why I love about kids. You go into a kindergarten classroom and, and tell them to, to design a plan of how to fly a ship to the moon. They will come up with all kinds of creative ideas. You do that by the time they're 18 and none of them can figure it out because they've been so untrained in, in being creative in their life. And, and, and so, you know, creativity has been so drained and beaten out of them. As America now enters the fifth century of education since, it's fa since it, the arrival uh, in 1585, our education must be measured by the knowledge gained and the demand placed upon each student, not by whether they show up for 12 years, but what are they getting from it? What moral compass are they developing from their education? There's a difference between knowledge and education. In Proverbs 9.10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. I mean, you can understand facts and figures but a society will never sustain itself if it doesn't have a strong, found, moral compass. Instead of increasing in the fear of the Lord in our schools, school testing requirements continue to be lowered to meet poor literacy levels. How have we bridged the gap in our society? When kids couldn't pass the test, we made the test easier. When our scores begin to drop, we readjusted the scale so it made kids feel good about the scores they were getting. Fisher Ames goes on in this quote and says, We have a dangerous trend beginning to take place in our education. We're starting to put more and more textbooks into our schools. We become accustomed to, of late to putting little books in the hands of children containing fables with moral lessons. We are spending less time in the classroom on the Bible, which should be the principal text in our schools. The Bible states these great moral lessons better than any other man-made book. Founding fathers. In Isaiah 54, 13, it says, All your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. Our schools and children aren't experiencing peace because they're not being taught about the Prince of Peace. By 1860, 262 of the 288 college presidents were ministers of the gospel. By 1884, there were over 300 universities and more than 83 were still operated by denominations. And over one-third of the faculty were ministers of the gospel. Consider these founding fathers. Charles Carroll entered college at age 10. Fisher Ames entered Harvard at age 12. Benjamin Rush graduated from Princeton at age 14. John Trumbull had, to, had read the Bible through for the first time by the age of four. 
He won a Greek contest at the age of six against his minister. At seven, passed the Yale entrance exam. His parents held him out of college until he was 13. Literacy is what keeps a people from being led into socialism, communism, totalitarianism, new ageism, and deceived by corrupt press, leaders, and the like. Here's a quote from Benjamin Rush. If we were to remove the Bible from public schools, we would be wasting so much time punishing crimes and taking so little pains to prevent them. And that is exactly a painting of the United States of America today. Since 1962, when we took the, started taking the Bible out of school, removing the Ten Commandments, the crime rate has in, increased. Incarceration numbers have increased. Literacy has decreased. Poverty has increased. Early teen pregnancy has increased. And we've talked about many of these before. Benjamin Rush was right. James Wilson, lecturer at law, wrote in 1791, for avoiding the extremes of despotism, despotism or anarchy, the only ground of hope must be on the morals of the people. I believe that religion is the only solid basis of morals, and the morals are the only possible support of free governments. Therefore, education should teach the precepts of religion and the duties of man towards God. The education system we have was birthed by Christians, and it was implemented to be led by Christians. And the Christian principles were intended to guide it and keep it on a moral course. In 2 Timothy 3.16 from the Amplified, it says, Again, every scripture is God-breathed, and it is given by his inspiration, and profitable for teaching. Noah Webster said, I know no safe depository of the ultimate powers of the society, but the people themselves. And if we think them not enlightened enough to exercise their control with a wholesome discretion, the remedy is not to take it from them, but to inform their discretion by education. This is the true corrective of abuses of constitutional power. It's not about removing things from school. It's not about taking control away from parents. It's not about taking control into the government. It's about training and educating parents as to the moral basis for which this constitution was formed. In Joshua 1.8 from the Message Bible, it says, And don't for a minute let this book of Revelation be out of your mind. Ponder and meditate on it day and night. Make sure you practice everything written in it. Then you will get where you're going and you'll have good success or you will succeed. Education used to be a Christian principle. Harvard was started by Puritan minister John Harvard, a Congregationalist for training ministers of the gospel. And they trained many of our founding fathers. Harvard's two mottos, for Christ and the church, and the second one was for the glory of Christ. Yale was started by 10 Congregationalist ministers for training ministers of the gospel and trained many of our founding fathers. Yale admonished, above all, have an eye to the end of all your studies, which is to obtain the clearest conception of divine things and to lead you to a saving knowledge 
of God in His Son, Jesus Christ. Princeton was started by a Presbyterian minister, William Tennant, for training ministers of the gospel. It produced more early leaders than any other school, including many of the founding fathers. University president John Witherspoon was a signer of the Declaration of Independence. John Witherspoon personally trained black students while he was at Princeton. Predominant American educators, some of these founded the first schools for women and African Americans, included Benjamin Franklin, Francis Hopkins, and Benjamin Rush. Other colleges and founders included William and Mary by Episcopal Minister William Blair, Dartmouth College by Congregational Minister Eleazar Wheelock, and Amherst College by Noah Webster. The point? Higher education, the concept came out of the church, out of biblical guidance. So let me close with a couple more quotes. This one from George Washington. A Bible and a newspaper in every house, a good school in every district, all studied and appreciated as they merit, are the principal support of virtue, morality, and civil liberty. Thomas Jefferson said the way to silence religious disputes is to take no notice of them. By removing God from school, that is exactly what has happened. Abraham Lincoln said, but for the Bible, we could not know right from wrong. Psalms 119.66 says, teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I believe your commandments. And as I've been closing during this season of politics series, I want to read some excerpts from the party platforms, from the Republican platform. Parents are a child's first and foremost educators and have a primary responsibility for the education of their children. Parents have a right to direct their child's education, care, and upbringing. We support a constitutional amendment to protect the right from interference by states, federal government, international bodies such as the United Nations. Secondly, Administrators need flexibility to innovate and hold accountable all those responsible for student performance. A good understanding of the Bible being indispensable for the development of educated citizenry. We encourage state legislatures to offer the Bible in its literature curriculum as an elective in American high schools. Thirdly, we support options for learning, including homeschooling, career and technical education, private and parochial schools, Magnet schools, charter schools, online learning, and early college high schools. We especially support the innovative financing mechanisms that make options available to all children, including educational savings accounts, vouchers, tuition tax credits, empowering families to access learning environments that will best help their children realize their full potential is one of the greatest civil rights challenges of our time. Fourth, we renew our call for replacing family planning programs for teens with sexual risk avoidance education that sets abstinence until marriage as the responsible and respected standard of behavior. Fifthly, we call on state officials to preserve our public college, universities, and trade schools as places of learning and the exchange of ideas, not zones of intellectual intolerance or safe zones. A student's First Amendment rights do not end at the schoolhouse gates. Colleges, universities, and trade schools must not infringe on the freedoms of speech, association, in the name of political correctness. The Democrat platform, and I've
taken just a small part of theirs too because they have eight pages in their platform. The Democrats say, we believe education is a critical public good, not a community, not a commodity. That it is the government's responsibility to ensure that every child everywhere is able to receive a world-class education. We support K-12 instruction in civics and in climate literacy. First, the guaranteeing of universal early childhood education, expanding programs for low-income, first-time parents, guardians, and caregivers, including home visiting. Number two, Democrats believe that educators should be paid a family-supporting wage and be able to organize, join a union, and collectively bargain for better wages, benefits, and working conditions. Three, Democrats believe the education is a promise is a public good and should not be a private profit motive, which is why we will ban for-profit private charter businesses from receiving federal funding. Democrats oppose private school vouchers and other policies that divert taxpayer-funded resources away from the public school system. Democrats should expand high school-based health services and hire guidance counselors, social workers, nurses, and school psychiatrists to help support students' mental health needs and promote social and emotional development. Six, classrooms and programs within schools continue to be segregated by race and class. Democrats will support appointing judges who will enforce the Civil Rights Act in schools. Seven, we will increase funding for the Department of Education Office of Civil Rights, expand civil rights data collection to inform civil rights enforcement and the public on status of equal educational opportunities for children. We will make the public colleges and universities tuition free for students whose families are in less than 125,000. Democrats support making community college and trade schools tuition free for all students, including dreamers, and authorize up to 10,000 in student debt forgiveness per borrower. Number 10, for those earning less than 125,000, we support forgiving all un undergraduate tuition-related federal student debt from two and four-year public colleges and university. Let me close with this, John 14, 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to a recording from the teaching ministry of Valor Christian Center with senior pastors Scott and Tina Whitwam. If you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I invite you to pray this simple prayer with me now. Jesus, according to Romans 10.9, your word says, If I confess you as Lord and Savior and believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead, that you would come into my heart and I would be saved. I now confess and believe that you are my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, please contact our office so that we may rejoice together with you. Call Valor Christian Center at 480-545-4321. That's 480-545-4321. Or by email at info at valorcc.com. That's info at valorcc.com or by mail to the church address at 3015 East Warner Road, Gilbert, Arizona, 85296.